When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report here with Matt Immel, current treasurer of the Fond du Lac County Fair Board, former manager of the fair and a past president of the Wisconsin Association of Fairs. So the fair season is nothing unfamiliar to you or your family history. Matt, why don't you tell me about the fair energy that runs in your blood? Yeah, it is definitely something that's in my blood and in my family's blood. My grandfather uh, got on our board in the mid-1980s and served on the board for 40 some years. Um, in that time, he was treasurer and was fair manager for a while too. Um, was involved with the Wisconsin Association as well too. And I grew up as a 4 H exhibitor, exhibited swine, woodworking, all the different projects, um, graduated from 4 H. And then in the summer, um, I started helping out in grandpa's office. He'd help me do some book work and, and help out with some of his tasks and errands. And that kind of got me hooked. Um, and I've been helping out fairs in the summer before I got on the board. This is my 19th fair actually since I've been on the board of directors. Um, but really started working in the office when I was at probably 12, 13 years old in between showing pigs and everything else that goes in the fair. Yeah, and the work of a fair board member is not just during the fair, which is a full-time job in itself. It's a year-long process. Walk me through the work that it takes, the time that it takes, the manpower to get ready for a county fair. Yeah, there's always, I always kind of joke, people say, oh, fair's coming up. You guys must have started meeting, what, like April, May for your July fair? I'm like, yeah, we just kind of show up on a weekend and throw it together. No, that's that's not at all how it works. We will start meeting in August after this fair is done to start the planning for next year. We meet at least once a month, typically the first Wednesday of the month. Our meeting sometimes lasts three hours. Um, and when we get to fair time, it's usually twice a month. Um, we're really blessed. We've got a nine, mem- nine board member group of volunteer board members. They all have families, jobs outside of the fair. So they're giving up time from their loved ones and their businesses to help put this on. And it is a year-long um, year long job that we do to put this together. Then, of course, as we get close to fair, we have probably about 40 different volunteers as far as superintendents in the 4-H building, you know, the parking crew, gate workers, things of that aspect, our grounds crew, office staff that kind of jump in, you know, 45 days out to fair till fair week to, you know, help us tie all those knots and get everything buttoned up and ready to go. The people alone, that's just a taste of some of the things you have to line up in advance. Tell me about getting entertainment. Getting the facilities ready, bathrooms, trash. Yeah, absolutely. So from the entertainment aspect, that's how we will start right away in August of next year. We have um, uh, National Act Center Grandstand. A lot of those tours for 2023 are actually being slotted right now. So we need to get our offers in and get kind of our ducks in a row to see who we want to get. And we have no time to wait on that for 2023 already. So that we'll start planning right away. Even our grounds entertainment, like our wolf um, exhibit that we have this year, oftentimes those now will book to a year in advance. So just the free family entertainment that we do too, um, that's something that's got to be done earlier otherwise you're, you're kind of out of luck. We've been very fortunate with our carnival. We've had Rainbow Valley for I want to say eight years now and we just renewed our contract with them this year. Um, we've had to be flexible with them as far as the number of hours they can be open during a day. They've really felt the labor pinch as far as getting help in. Um, they use the H2B visa program to bring in labor from um, different countries which has been very successful for them. You know I, I always cringe when people say carny. Um, that, that's that's not the case at all. These, these workers are, are excited to be here. They're happy to be working. There's just not as much of them. Um, but we've been lucky like I said just being flexible with our hours um, that they've been able to put together a quality carnival. Um, with, with animal safety and um, we get a lot of guidance from DATCAP 
um, as far as sending things down the pipeline that we have to be aware of. So this year there was the issue with the bird flu. So we were staying monitored on that to make sure we'd be able to have our poultry show. And we do. It's, it's, um, it's going on as normal. But just th that's the key with the different volunteers and different board members that oversee different areas, just really keeping in touch with what's going on in the industry. And then we use our resources like the Wisconsin Association Affairs and the IAFE, which is the International Association, that kind of feeds that information down to us to kind of help us sort through all the different things that's coming through so we can prioritize from safety and security. That's another thing. Um, you know, it's a different world that we live in, unfortunately, and we've got to be able to make sure that we are prepared for, you know, God forbid, a, a act of violence or terror or something like that. So we keep in touch with local law enforcement, too, um, to do our security and make sure that we're um, planning is that what we need to do because safety is number one priority for our fair goers as well. I'd say it takes a village, but it certainly takes more. It takes a, a state yeah. <laughs> of, of networks to, to figure this out. Another thing that's unique about the Fond du Lac County Fair, and it it's a, has a rural focus, but it's in a pretty urban setting. So you have some uh, unique logistics to work through, such as where does manure go from the animals? Or how do you manage the parking flow? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I look at when I showed 20 years ago, um, it, it was it was very different than what it is now. Um, we're thankful now we've got the support of a lot of the large dairies in our community who are family-owned dairies. They're not what they, you know people say, the mega corporations. They're not. They're owned by a couple different families that have pooled together. They help take our, our um, exports, if you will, such as the manure and things of that aspect, and we can usually get them to haul them for us to take them to places where we can get rid of that. Um, you know, as far as parking on the grounds, we have an 80, roughly 80 acre grounds, but we're fortunate we have a lot of blacktop that we put our carnival and displays on. So we park on the grass. So when it rains, it makes me nervous because that could take up a lot of my parking. But we have worked with the school district in town that we can park off site and shuttle as well, too, from that aspect. How is uh, attendance? Is it a primarily urban people? And how do you uh, bring in that agriculture aspect of the county fair? Yeah, that's really the heart and soul of what a fair is. It's about the agriculture education. If, if we lose that or we don't have that, we're just the average festival, if you will. Um, and it's changed over the years. I remember, not to sound old again, but you know, you used to have different implement dealers that would bring in a small tractor or a disc or you know, small implements for display. And we don't have that anymore because of the larger scale operations. Um, we also are now probably two, sometimes three generations away as far as people who grew up on a farm, if you will. So we now have either the grandkids or great grandkids of farm that are coming to the fair that maybe aren't familiar with what it's like to have animals on a farm. Um, so we've got a great partnership with the Agribusiness Council here in town and with our board president, Katie, who's helped to really develop and grow our, our Ag Education Center and our Mooternity Ward, if you will, um, where those people who are generations off the farm, we can connect the rural with the urban, urban, excuse me, and they can come in and see a calf being born. They can see the small animals. It's not a petting zoo because we want to you know, make the, it clear that these aren't pets. These are where your food comes from and, and distinguishing that. So they can They'll see them and interact with them, um, but then also talk to the farmers that are in there so they can understand where their food comes from. It's kind of like a little maze in there, like a little candy land or shoots and ladders, if you will. You follow the dots in the ground and it takes you to the different commodities that the state puts out as far as food. So it's a different way that we've found kind of playing a game to it to, to attract those generations that are a few years away from the farm, back to the roots, if you will. Matt, throughout this interview, you've been reflecting uh, to your time back at the fair as a kid and, and how things have changed. Something the Midwest Farm Report is doing with the Wisconsin Association of Fairs is collecting fair stories. And I'm sure you've got one for us. Tell me, uh, yeah, how have things changed since you've been at the fair? And what's one memory that you cherish? Gosh, I, I, you know, 
as much as things have changed, they really haven't. You know, people ask me, what's the best part of the fair for you? What do you look forward to every year? With all the hustle and bustle of getting things set up and put together, it's it's watching the exhibitors. You know, when they got the smiles in their face because they're showing their animal in the ring or they got that blue ribbon with their woodworking or their photography, that's what that's what kind of gets me going and gets me excited. So that hasn't changed from that aspect. But lots of memories. Um, one fond one that I have that was just allude to it in our family, because all of our family was involved with the fair. I mean, my mom and my sisters are helping out. My grandfather was very involved. But July was fair month. You don't do anything in July. You're prepping for the fair. You're at the fair. Or you're visiting a different county fair, which we always did, too, which people thought we were crazy for that. <laughs> but um, So when my first, uh, I have twin sons that just turned 15 the other day. Um, they were born opening day of the fair. Not expected. They were early, but it was just kind of ironic that all the things we do to make sure we're open during fair week, my kids decided to show up for the first time at fair week. And since then, it's been their birthday party every year. So it's really kind of a extra special for oh. me for that. Now, Matt, we've talked about some of the preparation that goes into a county fair. We haven't talked yet what your day looks like at the fair. Now, I've seen volunteers with walkie-talkies. I've heard your voice. Come on. You've been busy running around the grounds. Tell me, what is a, a day of the fair like for a board member? Uh, there, there is no consistency. We'll, we'll start with that. Um, for example, this morning I was answering some emails, um, making some deposits from, from last night's sales, um, uh, addressing some issues with some vendors that were coming in to settle up. Before I came to talk to you, I was out in the parking lot with my sons, marking out the parking lots and repairing the parking lots from the night before. Um, we'll have a band come in this afternoon and I'll be helping them with the load in and load out. Um, in the evening then, since I'm treasurer, it's making sure that the bands that are here are paid. Um, and then really it's whatever the radio calls, that's where you run to and you go to to make sure that the guests are having the best experience that they can have. And you and I are talking while the fair is still going on, and so I know it's a little early to ask you how it went, but how is it going so far? How's attendance? Um, are, are you happy so far? And don't jinx it. <laughs> I, I will cautiously say I'm very happy so far. So we've had a, a day and a half in, almost, well, yeah, day and a half basically. Um, yesterday was great. The weather cooperated. We had our dollar day for the carnival. Great crowds for that. The vendors were happy. Shows went off well yesterday. Our livestock sale is today. Um, last year we set a record on that. I, I have no reason to think we couldn't top that or do better again this year. Um, ticket sales are strong for the weekend for concerts and, and activities in the grandstand, which is always a good indicator of what we can expect for um, for crowds. So I'm, I'm very optimistic we're going to have a great fair this year. Yeah, I'd like to end on that note, but I've got one last question for you, Matt. Are we back to normal yet after the COVID season we went through? Are things back to normal? Are, are, are people turning out again like they were? Yeah, I, I, they really are. Even last year was a great year, and this year, um, same pace. I think as challenging as COVID was for all of us in the fair industry and in industry and as a whole, um, really we saw people come out last year that said, gosh, I didn't realize how much I would miss it until I couldn't come to it. You know, missing a year of the fair, not having it, it really kind of brought back the importance of it for the community and the kids and the exhibitors, um, a renewed sense of community and importance of what we do. And, and I really do think we're, we're back to normal and better than ever. Matt Immel from the Fond du Lac County Fair Board along with us. Their fair is happening now through Sunday from the Fond du Lac County Fairgrounds. I'm Stephanie Hoff.